Psalm 143 Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you and I thirst for you like a parched land. Hi guys, so um, welcome back to the podcast. So I just, I, I shared Psalm 143 with you guys because, you know, I just find that Psalm so beautiful. Like it's really this call for, for help, this call for mercy because we find that we've been crushed by the weight of the things we're experiencing and we admit to God that, you know, we thirst for Him. And um, that's really the call that we're experiencing now, right, in Lent. Uh, so hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. We're midway through Lent now, and honestly, for me, right, um, Lent has been extremely difficult. Um, the Lord has been revealing so many things to me, and these are things that I didn't, I still don't feel prepared to acknowledge. You know, these are things that have sent me to my knees in desperation. These are things where, like, I only feel calm when I'm receiving him at mass or when when i just gaze upon him in adoration when i look upon his gift of the eucharist right um yeah lent has just been really difficult I mean, i've cried more in the past month than i have like that i normally do in six months or even a year but more than the difficulty and more than the pain and the suffering that i've experienced i just want to declare uh, i just want to proclaim that Lent has been a blessing. I've discovered that there's a type of joy that you only feel when you're sad. There is a hope that is only perceived in suffering. And there's a faith that is forged in fire. There's also a thirst within us that can only be quenched in the desert of our heart and it's quenched by Jesus. So once again, uh, welcome back. So on the first Sunday of Lent this year, Together as a church, we read the gospel where Jesus was led into the desert. Um, the gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days where he was tempted by the devil. During that time, he ate nothing and at the end of it, he was famished. You know, when Jesus went to the desert, he was led there by the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit. You know, all of us, we've all been called to this different deserts in our lives. Um, we may have been tempted. Maybe we're hungry. Maybe we're thirsty. But the truth that we have to, to cling on to and, and claim is that we know that the Holy Spirit is with us, right? Um, Jesus was baptized right before he was sent into the desert. And it was after this profound moment of just receiving the Holy Spirit that he, he, he went into the desert. And it's the same for us. Um, maybe we didn't have that profound moment, but before the Lord sent us here, he filled us with his Spirit and we just we just cling on to that truth. You know, the Israelites, um, they wandered in the desert 
And in the desert, their faith was tested. Their lack of faith was exposed. <clears throat> but we also discover that the Lord's faith was revealed. We discover that the Lord provided for them. 40 years in the desert, it's tough. But the Lord provided for them so fully that an entire new generation was raised before they were able to leave the desert. You know, the Lord was faithful to them even when they turned to idols like you know we do. Um, but you know who else went into the desert? The Holy Family. When Jesus was born, St. Joseph had to take Mother Mary and the infant Jesus and they had to flee to Egypt. Egypt, a foreign place to them where they knew they would face racism from a nation that in that time was racist against the Jewish people. Um, there was just, just this deep cultural hatred that the Egyptians had for Jewish people because the Jewish people escaped from Egypt all those years ago, right? Um, no, Israel escaped from Egypt through the desert and the Holy Family escaped to Egypt through the desert. You know, a poor carpenter with nothing but gifts given by the tree magi had to bravely trek through the desert knowing he had to provide for and protect the most important woman and the most important child in the history of creation. <coughs> now, the desert in the Christian life is scary. We see it as a place of lack. We see it as a place of hunger and thirst. And you know, it is these, it, the desert is these things. But when I imagine the desert, you know, I, I imagine this, this dry, hot place. And I just think of how thirsty I would be there. Speaking of thirst, let me just take a sip of water, right? But friends, you know, we recognize that the desert is the place of God's provision. It is a place where we are called to rely on Him and to abide in Him. And I think sometimes when, you know, when we're embarking on a difficult journey, we have this urge that we want to prepare ourselves. You know, we want to be ready and we want to protect ourselves. You know, those are all good things, and these are good intentions. But sometimes, especially um, right here where we are, I believe that you know, the Lord is calling us to go deeper. So when I began this journey, I began with big, lofty plans. You know, I wanted to wake up early every single day, and I planned to sacrifice by eating only a single meal every day. I just wanted to be hungry, right? I wanted to listen to more podcasts. I wanted to spend hours in prayer daily. And I wanted to do so many things for the Lord. But I failed. You know, on the second day of Lent, I fell terribly sick. I contracted COVID and had a high fever. And I could barely move. Like I was just in so much pain. And I couldn't fast from food anymore. Like that was taken away from me because I had to eat well to recover. Uh, and that's a process I'm still going through until now. Like I still am a little bit sick. At the same time, I strived and I pushed myself harder to learn more and more about God, to read and listen more. But the truth is my heart broke under the weight of my striving. Um, my heart broke under the weight of my expectations of myself. And I found myself in this period of deep emptiness that 
until now, I'm also still recovering from. And there's just been this sense of suffering and pain in Lent where, you know, we live not only on bread, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, we live on His presence, but there are moments where the Lord allows Himself to be invisible to me. Um, and He's tested my faith in this way. But you see, you see the desert it's a place of surrender. It is a place where we are called to realize how incapable we are of providing for ourselves. It's a place of realizing that God alone can lead us. God alone can provide for us. When we surrender our control to Him, we find out how vulnerable we truly are. We have no choice but to allow ourselves to depend on Him. The true surrender that we are called to in this season is not only surrendering of things. You know, we have the tradition of fasting, right? But it's more so the surrender to a person. And that person is Jesus, is God. You know, we surrender to Him. <clears throat> surrendering to Him means being vulnerable. It means I have to allow Him to provide for me. But I also have to trust that He will provide Sometimes I have to sit and when it doesn't seem like he's providing and just trust that he is. You know, we recognize the ways that we've tried to control God in our journeys, that we've tried to lead him instead of letting him lead us. We surrender that and we allow him to lead us once again. You know, in Lent, we give up certain things to the Lord, right? <coughs> but I'm sure... Many of us have experienced that sometimes we just have cer certain things taken away from us as well. You know, things that we had no control over. Now, I want to invite all of us to think of the things that have been taken from us recently. We didn't choose and we didn't surrender these things. We, did, we didn't give them away. They were just taken. We think of the things that may have been done to us, to, that they hurt us. Can we surrender? Are we able to say, Lord, I am not in control of this, but I want to offer it up to you anyway. You know, my friends, can we allow God to transform what is taken from us into something that is offered to him? Because the most, the most important transformation in this season is not found in changing our exterior circumstance. But we are called to change interiorly and to just trust in the Lord. We are called to live in a deeper freedom of just not being in control, of, of saying, Lord, I know this is out of my control, but I'm trusting you here. And I'm asking for your grace for me to just live in dependence on you. In the second Sunday of Lent, Jesus took Peter James and John up Mount Tabor to witness his transfiguration. You know, Jesus loved going up on his own to mountains and lonely places to pray. And in the Bible, you know, holy things happen on mountains. Mountains is a place of just meeting with God. Mountains are places of revelation from God. You know, there's there was Mount Zion where the believers loved to worship. There was Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments were given. <clears throat> now there's Mount Tabor, 
of the transfiguration of Jesus. And I've never climbed the mountain before, but I have gone hiking. Um, I remember an experience where I wanted to go hiking and I had this plan to wear a 20 kilogram weight vest while doing so. But I, I, I didn't go for this route before, so like I, I decided like, nah, like I'll just go without the vest first and I'll do it next time, right? And so I went with just my body weight and a water bottle. And at the end of the hike, without the vest, dude, I was so tired. You know, my body was aching and it was so painful. My legs were burning, man. And I just can't imagine finishing that hike if I, if I decided to bring my vest you know, Jesus wanted to reveal himself in the transfiguration to Peter, James, and John. But first, he led them up Mount Tabor into this place of encounter with him, into this place where he'll reveal himself. And in the same way, when Jesus leads us up the mountain to our own personal transfigurations where he wants to reveal himself to us, you know, when he leads us up the mountain, we can't bring everything with us you know I, I can't decide to bring a 20 kilogram vest like there are things we have to let go of if we want to go up and to seek god sometimes we're called to just let go of attachments that have grown too heavy to bring up the mountain <coughs> you know at the top of the mountain we experience that the transfiguration is a moment of revelation and it's a moment of intimacy with jesus it is a moment where Jesus restores our vision and frees us from the things blocking our sight and the things distracting us from him. And as Jesus reveals his nature to us, he reveals his face, he reveals the Father to us. And like the disciples, often we feel afraid because in these moments, we feel exposed. You know, we, we, we know that the Lord sees us. We also feel that he sees the parts of us that we hide in shame. You know, he sees the broken ways we try to fill ourselves, to clothe our needs. You know, he sees the ways that we pretend. And all of this, it makes us feel vulnerable. Jesus said, Rise and do not be afraid. And the disciples looked up. And they saw no one else but Jesus. You know, in these moments of vulnerability, do we have the courage to look in his eyes? There's this quote from this book called Interior Freedom that I just love so much. <clears throat> it goes like this. The look in his eyes, Jesus' eyes, is the purest, truest, tenderest, most loving and most hope-filled look in this world. And the greatest gift given to those who seek God's face by persevering in prayer may be that one day they will perceive something of this divine look upon themselves and they will feel themselves loved so tenderly that they will receive the grace of accepting themselves in depth. <coughs> But before we're able to experience this look, you know, he's always giving us this look, but before we're able to experience it, first, we have to climb up the mountain. 
You have to persevere in prayer. And my friends, what are the things weighing you down? What are the things that you feel like you just you don't have the strength to carry anymore? You know, what are the things that the Lord is calling you to let go of? Ask Him for help. Surrender to Him. And in this moment, I invite you to look into His eyes and just let Him see you. What are the areas in your life you are too ashamed to let the Lord see? <clears throat> you know, can we allow ourselves to be vulnerable? Can we allow ourselves to stop trying to provide for ourselves? Can we stop protecting ourselves, you know, as if as if Jesus is gonna hurt us? Can we go into deeper trust with him? Do we have the faith to go up the mountain? Do we have the faith to not look away when he looks at us? No. On the third Sunday of Lent, Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And we just read this passage where Jesus encounters this woman and he encounters her at noon. Um, you know, so, okay, so for most people, a well is a place where they go to draw water. And this particular well, it was some ways away from the town. Uh, and people would go to the well at times where, you know, the sun wasn't that hot. And if you know, um, the sun is hot, it's really hot at like noon. Um, we tend to like stay indoors at that time, right? But this particular woman, she would go to the well at noon not because she liked the sun or not because you know she wanted a tan or something, um, but because she was ashamed to show her face before other people. So she went to the well at times where she knew she would be alone because this it's because she had this reputation as a sinner and she didn't want to be seen. You know, to most people... The well, it was a place of provision where they're provided for. It's a place where they just go to draw water. But to this woman, the well was a place of shame. The well was a place of isolation. It was a place of vulnerability. Where when she, she went here, she had to protect herself. It was a place where she was reminded of her need for water. And it was a place where she wished she didn't have to go to. <clears throat> In the Bible, uh, the well is a place of encounter. Moses, Jacob, and Isaac, they all met their wives at the well. And Jesus comes to meet us at the well. And he asks us for a drink. But really, it's us who thirst. And we're so thirsty, but we wish we didn't have to go to this well because we're ashamed. And I wonder what this well is for you. What is that place you go to in your heart? 
you know, that place that it was once good to you, but you're tired. No one sees you there. What is this place where you know no one knows you and you come here to escape, but you wish you didn't have to? And you're so thirsty, but no matter how much you drink, it is not enough. Where is this well? And what is this water you've been drinking? The Lord comes here to this well to meet us. You know, He offers us His living water. And just like the woman, when He tells us that when we drink this living water, we will never thirst again, in our desperation we say, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty so that I don't have to keep coming here to draw water because, because we don't want to be here, right? You know, we, we don't want to need this, but we do. We don't want to come back to this well, but we keep on coming back. You know, it's a, it is at this moment that the Lord looks you in the eye <clears throat> and He tells you everything you have ever done. You know, he knows why you're ashamed. He knows why you're here. He knows why you did it. He knows the hurt. He knows the things they say about you. He knows the things you wish they knew about you. He knows your wounds. In this moment, I invite you to take courage and look him in the eyes. <clears throat> I invite you look in his eyes and experience that look that we talked about earlier. That look of love that he constantly sees you with. And he sees you and he knows you. Everything about you. And he still loves you. <clears throat> My friends, we're here right now in this desert and we're thirsting and we're hurting. And maybe like me, you're wondering why God would call you to this place. But it is here that the Lord wants to quench your thirst. It is here in the desert that He gives you water. It is here that He wants to heal your wounds. And I know that maybe you got used to it. Like, maybe not good enough. Maybe self-condemnation, self-isolation. These are just things that you hold to be true because you got used to it. Maybe you believe things will always be like this, but this is not the truth. In Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And no amount of darkness can overcome the light of who Jesus says you are, who Jesus says he is. Jesus wants to heal us, but first we have to let go of our shame because our sins may be the wound that we want Jesus to heal, but these wounds have become infected with shame <clears throat> and we need healing. And although we're afraid of the desert, it is a place of testing. It is a place where we realize that our faith is not enough. It is the place where 
we are utterly and completely exposed. It's a place of vulnerability. It's also a place of knowing that the Lord sees us in all of this and He loves us and He provides for us. Because my friends, the desert is a blessing because it is here in the desert that we are freed from the burden of controlling our lives. It is this place of surrender where we let go of our burdens. It is this place where Jesus reveals himself. The desert is a place where we thirst. <clears throat> the desert is a place where Jesus quenches our thirst. And the desert is a place where we encounter Jesus thirst for us. And he says, give me a drink. Friends, in the desert, sometimes we face this temptation to wish we were further along in our journey or that we were better or more holy. You know, in some way, maybe we wish we were able to let go of this particular sin. Maybe we wish we were able to be more virtuous in some way. You know, these are good things but there, this is not where God wants to meet us right now. He wants to meet you here and now, and He wants to see, to meet you as who you really are. No, not some fake version of yourself. He's now quoting again from Interior Freedom by Father Jacques Philippe. Um, he says, That is because God is realistic. His grace does not operate on our imaginings, ideals, or dreams, it works on reality the specific concrete elements of our lives. Even if the fabric of our everyday lives doesn't look very glorious to us, only there can we be touched by God's grace. The person God loves with the tenderness of a father, the person he wants to touch and to transform with his love, is not the person we'd, we'd, we want to be or like to be or ought to be. It's the person we are. Because God doesn't love ideal persons or virtual beings. He loves actual, real people. He's not interested in saintly figures or in stained glass windows, but in us sinners. And a great deal of time can be wasted in the spiritual life, complaining that we are not like this, not like that, lamenting this defect or that limitation, imagining all the good we could do if instead of being the way we are, we were less defective, more gifted with this or that quality or virtue, and so on. But my friends, in this desert that we are in right now, let us allow the Lord to just simply reveal to us our weaknesses, our failures, our insecurities, and our shame. Friend, he knows all of these things better than you do. There's literally no need to hide them. He, he knows you. Maybe you've been hiding for your, from yourself. Maybe you're ashamed to admit to yourself how weak you are. But that's where you start. And that's where God's grace will meet you. Now, God's not interested in loving a made-up version of you. He's interested in loving you. So let Him love you. Let's simply allow Him to hold us. 
Let's simply allow him to hold on to our weaknesses, to our shame for us. <clears throat> Let's pray. Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I pray that you give us courage to encounter you in this season. Lord Jesus, be with us. And Lord, just hold our hands. Allow us to be honest with you. Allow us to be vulnerable in you. Remind us that you are a safe place. We don't have to be afraid as long as you are around. But Lord, you know us and you know that we are afraid. So give us the courage to rise up. Give us the courage to allow you to love us with all the love that you want to give us. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are very good. Teach us to trust in your goodness. I pray, Lord, that in this desert, you teach us to be comfortable in just being uncomfortable. You teach us to allow you to fulfill our desires instead of just grasping at everything around us. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to us to transform us. Lord, leave nothing in us unconverted. Leave no area, no corner of our hearts that's not filled with your love, not filled with your mercy. Fill us all the way. Set us on fire, Lord. Burn away our attachments, Lord, that distract us from you. Lord, you make all things new. So make us new. Teach our hearts to just trust in you. Strip us of anything, of everything that prevents us from loving you more fully. But Lord, please do it gently. Love us, Lord, until we love ourselves. Take our love and set it on fire. Set us on fire, Lord. As, as faith is forged in fire, forge us, Lord. Be our creator again. Be our savior. Lead us. Teach us to love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. As we ask for the intercession of the saints, particular we ask for the intercession of your mother mary as we pray hail mary full of grace the lord is with you blessed are you amongst women and blessed is the fruit of your womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death amen saint joseph pray for us saint therese pray for us in the, name of the father and the son holy spirit Amen. All right. Um, so that's it for today, friends. But before we go, I want to ask you um, just to do me a favor, right? So when you have time, just choose one of these three questions to reflect on. If you want to do all of them, do it. Like get a journal, write down the answer to, answer this, answers to these questions, you know, play some worship music and think about it. Question number one. In what way am I called to surrender to the Lord in this desert? Question number two. 
what are the attachments keeping me from climbing up the mountain with Jesus? <clears throat> and question number three, what is the well in my life where Jesus wants to give me living water today? Um, yeah, so those are the three questions. Um, please pray for me. I'm praying for you. I got that from Father Mark Schmitz. <laughs> um, yeah, please pray for me. Um, bye, guys.